Hey, it's your boy, the Big Aristotle Shack, and this is the Prime Time Podcast from the Bros Who Think Network. Bitches. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Prime Time Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host, and today we are previewing a top 10 matchup as LSU and Florida get set to take on each other in Death Valley. A true night game as the game kickoff is at 7 p.m. College game day is coming, and I don't think you could hype this game up any more than it already is. Uh, today, I am joined by two special guests, as Josh Lemoyne, as always, is joining me. But first, Graham Hall of uh, the Gainesville Sun is joining us, also Gatorsports.com. So let's get into that interview first. Would like to welcome our guest today as Graham Hall. Y'all can find him on Twitter at Graham Hall underscore. He is the correspondent for the Gate. Gainesville Sun is joining us today. Graham, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here. It's always great to talk LSU and Florida, and even better that it's a top 10 matchup coming up. Yeah, it, it's. I think LSU Florida may be the biggest rival for each school right now. I know a lot of people try to say LSU Bama or, you know, be Florida and Georgia are bigger rivals, but it seems like across all sports, uh, LSU and Florida has to be one of the bigger rivalries in the SEC right now. I think you certainly can make that case. If if anything, it's definitely one of the more unique ones. I mean, Florida just played Auburn, another SEC West opponent that they had had a rivalry for from 1945-something all the way to 2002. And then since 2002, those teams had only played three times. So you saw a rivalry kind of go away. LSU's kind of very similar. They're an SEC West opponent, so they don't really kind of – neither opponent makes the difference in terms of whether the team is going to win – their, their respective division. Um, but you think back to what has really gone on. I think that's kind of what you're talking about in the last five, six years. Even really dating back, you could make a case to that 2008 game. Um, you know, since Jacob Hester, that was one of my early memories. Uh, the way that Les Miles used the fullback against Florida, that's kind of gone away. You see an LSU offense that, that is, again, ahead of the curve now, 15 years kind of later um, or, or whatever. Um, certainly it's a unique one. You see the, the bad blood that's kind of come out with the hurricane situation, uh, the, you know, the cat skeleton on Florida's end. There's been some weird aspects of it, but certainly it's been one of the more fun and exciting rivalries in, in recent years. And, and now it's one that um, could see both teams' fates determined on Saturday. Well, Saturday will be a big matchup as the Gators come in for a top 10 matchup against LSU, a true night game in Death Valley. Are you excited to experience that this weekend? I, you know, I went there in 2016 and it's one of the craziest environments uh, in recent memory, especially a night game. There's nothing like it. You know, some people wanted a a day game. That was the case, I think, in, in 2017. I don't necessarily think that bodes well, you know, a night game in Death Valley. Uh, there's nothing like that. I'm actually kind of surprised um, that this is the homecoming game. I know that that's very similar in Florida, just played a homecoming game against Auburn. Um, but I expect a sellout crowd, and I'm really interested to see how Florida quarterback Kyle Trask responds to that. This is clearly going to be the toughest test for him. The secondary of LSU, that crowd noise, how he responds. He's already kind of shown um, some ball security issues when it comes to taking hits, has put the ball on the ground. I'm really interested to see how that environment is looking. Uh, when I was there three years ago, it, it's one of the best, um, not just in the SEC, but in the entire nation. 
Well, looking at Trask, he's come in and he's impressed me. I mean, watching tape from Auburn last week, I was really impressed in terms of his passing. He was able to get the ball out against that pass rush, not throw any picks. But Florida did have issues protecting the ball with four fumbles against Auburn. Is that a concern going into this week? I think that anytime you have a young quarterback who hasn't played too much, I mean, not really even a young quarterback in age-wise, but just an experience, only has played you know a little more than three games now, uh, that's always going to be something that's going to take some adjusting. I mean, Dan Mullen came out and said that they're not out here hitting the quarterback in practice. So it, it takes a while to get used to that ball security thing, and that's something that's going to come with time. But to answer your question, absolutely, it's a concern. You know, how rare is it to – have four turnovers and actually come out winning the game that that's not something that many teams can say that they've done for Florida they're going to need Kyle Trask to protect the football know when to just take the sack get down because really the other question is Florida can't have him taking hits uh it's one thing to cough up the football after a hit it's a whole other thing to keep getting hit as you saw with that Marlon Davidson hit Kyle Trask was very very lucky not to sustain extensive damage to his his knee came away just with a strained MCL that Florida would have lost a second quarterback in the span of four games and, and been down to a redshirt freshman who has yet to start a game, and that would have been hit with a walk-on behind him. So certainly Kyle Trask needs to not just protect the football, he needs to protect himself for Florida to have a chance past the LSU game outcome of a win or lose or not. They have to start thinking in the future because with just two scholarship quarterbacks, you have to realize that there's still half a season left to play and you can't be coughing it up and losing a quarterback in the process. I know Florida's been trying to get the run game going, and P. Ryan had that 88-yard touchdown against Auburn. But besides that, it seemed like you know the running game is still having some issues. Is that a concern still for Florida, uh, trying to get this run game established, and something that will probably be crucial in a game against LSU and the offensive attack they have? It's an interesting question. I, I think that many people out there could say that Florida's run game has struggled, and, and while that wouldn't necessarily be an overreaction, there's a lot more to it than that. Uh, the offensive line has kind of been in a trial-by-fire position when they just have had five healthy offensive linemen. It's really a situation uh, that has given John Hevesy serious concern, and it has led to a lot of LaMichael Pirine's struggles, and not just Pirine's, but Malik Davis's and Damian Pierce. Florida knows that they have talented running backs, but they're trying to get uh, an offensive line of, made up of a lot of redshirt freshmen and redshirt sophomores ready to go out there and consistently play for 60, 70 plays. And, and it's led to a lot of inconsistency in the running game. But without that LaMichael P run run, I think Florida would be in a lot more dire straits. I see Florida and LSU's running games as being very similar. They both have a lot of talent, but they haven't really had a chance based on the way some games have gone. They've been kind of weird. Florida had their first three games. They never ran more than 60 plays. And especially when you're in such a close game, you're not running the ball at a, at a high rate. So both teams really – I don't think that their run games are overall in doubt, but they just haven't really had a chance where they've needed to lean on the run game, even though we both know they have a lot of talent up there. Do you think that's that's just a testament to the offensive line issues both teams have had? I mean, uh, there was a stat put out this week that LSU is uh, 13th in havoc, but they're 34th in havoc allowed, whereas Florida's 10th in havoc and 56th and Havoc allowed in the country. It seems like the offensive line play is really going to be important for this matchup. Oh, definitely, without a doubt. I think that consistency in offensive line play is something that a lot of people underestimate. It's very hard to block 
uh, at a 90% success rate, let alone grade out higher than that. Um, when you're consistently changing your scheme, reacting to the play call, having to determine whether the defensive tackle or the defensive end is, is running a stunt or a front or, or a twist or whatever they're doing, you, you don't know. Um, and you're kind of reacting. I mean, mistakes are going to happen in the course of the game. They happen at every single position. Um, I mean, you saw Florida star defensive back C.J. Henderson make a few mistakes in the past game, and that's not to discredit him in any way, but it's just very hard to play a perfect game of football. So offensive line is going to have to minimize mistakes on both sides and protect the quarterback. Joe Burrow has done a lot better job at getting the ball out very quick and using that athleticism to make up for the offensive line mistakes in LSU. And Kyle Trask on kind of a, a hurt knee is going to have to try and do the same. So it is going to be a very tough test for both quarterbacks and, and how the offensive line performs is going to play a big part in how that goes. Well, Todd Grantham and LSU have a, a detailed history uh, going back for a few years. Right now, Grantham's defense has 45 tackles for loss at seventh in the country, 13 takeaways, uh, that, which is second in the country, and 26 sacks, which is third in the country. Grantham likes to bring pressure. But we've seen Burrow so far this year, 70% completion rating. He's got six touchdowns and zero, zero INTs against pressure. Do you think Grantham is still going to try to bring uh, blitzes against Joe Burrow this weekend? Oh, without a doubt. I think that the big thing that Todd Grantham does so well um, and also can result in that boom or bust type thing that you see is, is really – um, he likes to use the term coverage sacks, where the defensive backs clamp down right away to make it so that the quarterback can't get rid of the ball much quicker and the defensive ends can rush with just four. And, and that often, if you disguise one guy, that can result in confusing the quarterback where they have to lean into one side or, or go into what they think they have early or they have to wait and adjust and roll out. Um, and with two offensive lines like that, that can be a real trouble for a quarterback. I think Todd Grantham... He, he's learned to live with the, the negative yardage, the blown plays, the, the blown coverages, because he knows that his defense uh, gets production more often than not. Well, Florida coming off a big win over Auburn, defeating the Tigers 24-13. Coming into LSU, uh, you see a, a two teams that LSU's offense is on fire right now, but Florida's defense seems like it has no weaknesses. If if you're Joe Burrow, Joe Brady, and Steven Zminger, where do you attack this Florida defense? Um, uh, over the middle of the field, I think that – and that actually may bode very well for Joe Burrow, what he's done this season. Um, not to – again, I say this, but there are obviously players who, who are better in some aspects. Uh, David Reese, senior leader for Florida, excellent run stuffer between the gaps tackler, but he does struggle in, in pass coverage, and that's something that I could see – LSU trying to pick on him for Florida's going to have to rotate um, maybe play some zone in the second level to, to um, minimize the windows Joe Burrow has to throw into um, if Florida can get pressure though with four guys and, and drop seven into coverage uh, they're going to have a good chance at creating Joe Burrow some turnovers off of Joe Burrow's throws but if LSU can establish the run and, and, and Florida gets kind of um, out of position, which can definitely happen with a Todd Grantham defense. I could easily see LSU hitting them for some big plays. What really worked so well against Auburn, and this is going to kind of sound uh, like obvious, but it was Florida just kind of sensed out what side of the ball they were doing and, and not letting um, what Bo Nix was trying to cover up fool them. And if you go back and watch how they rotated guys in the backfield, Florida's consistently moving with uh, the motion in the backfield 
sensing things, communicating, and that's one of those benefits that you can do when you have 90,000 fans roaring in your direction um, and you're not bothered by it. LSU is going to now have that advantage, and, and like I said with Kyle Trask, that's a quarterback who hasn't really faced that type of environment. Uh, I, I, will, I will be really interested, interested to see how uh, Florida's defense is able to adjust when uh, when when Joe Burrow is is actually dealing, it's going to be really interesting because if you if you've seen how Florida has played with Kyle Trask, they have not really trailed. Uh, they've come out really quickly and scored on quick drives. I think they've only given up seven points or, or 15 points since Kyle Trask uh, has replaced Felipe Franks. So if LSU gets an early lead, it's going to be very very interesting to see how Florida reacts. If Florida's to win this game, can they win a shootout against LSU, or is this going to have to be a low-scoring game? I mean, everyone thinks of shootout, and they think of, you know, 50-, 60-yard passes, but it's certainly possible that Kyle Trask could go out there and complete 20 passes, and, and Joe Burrow could go out there and complete 20, 25 passes. You never really know. Um, that, that doesn't really require beating guys like Grant Delpit or, or beating guys like Sean Davis on, on Florida's side or C.J. Henderson and Marco Wilson. You know, that, that isn't really what that entails. I think there's a misconception. I could easily see both quarterbacks going for 250 yards, and that wouldn't be an indictment of either defense. Just the way that both of these head coaches have evolved their offensive play calling, especially Dan Mullen um, and, and Joe Brady over there. I think that when you look at how those guys have evolved, it wouldn't be surprising to see either offense uh, kind of end up in a shootout. I could see it being a game that's 31-28, 31-24, in honestly either direction. I said this last week, I think special teams plays a huge part. Florida prides themselves on special teams. You've seen some of those games, the Miami game, this past Auburn game, they have relied on recovering punts deep in, in the opponent's territory, um, coming up with huge punts, not letting teams get returns. Um, I could easily see one of those plays one way or the other going that way. You know, I mentioned that Jacob Hester game all those years ago, that, that had a few fakes as well. Les Miles was really known for those fake field goals and those fake punts. I would not be surprised if, if LSU actually got one of those on Florida on Saturday. Yeah, it wouldn't be an LSU-Florida game if we don't have a fourth down attempt or a fake punt, fake field goal or something, right? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 you know, that's what really separates those great games because there'll be one between the numbers and, and uh, everything will kind of even out, but it'll just be one or two big plays that always decide it. And, and that's what drives coaches nuts for the other other 364 days out of the year is wondering what those head coaches are going to pull on them that gives them those sleepless nights well graham i appreciate you for coming on looking at this matchup who do you see winning this game you know i said it could be close either way but i do think lsu wins it i you know florida um the way they won last year in dramatic fashion um you can see with those comments that came out monday night um, LSU is clearly going into this game with a chip on their shoulder. They have not forgotten um, the bad blood. I think Florida, on their part, has tried to put a lot of it behind them. Um, you know, the quarterback that was mentioned as uh, running around like he won the Super Bowl, I mean, he's in there. He's on a scooter. So there's really not that emotional connection um, at, on Florida's side too much. If anything, I think the one Florida player who really um, is locked in about LSU is Tyree Cleveland. And I think that if I'm LSU, um, I'm thinking about him as well. He has the longest, or the second longest uh, reception touchdown in Florida history, that 98-yarder um, that ended up proving the difference uh, in that game a few years back. So um, I would not be surprised if 
if that guy, that's a guy who's locked in or ends up being the difference maker like LaMichael P. Ryan was uh, against Auburn this past week if Florida does go into Death Valley and pull out a victory. Um, but I do think LSU has enough to, to get it done and, and, and be the team that moves to 7-0 and uh, because and that night game environment in Death Valley is it's intimidating for uh, opposing teams, and just like the Swamp is for teams that have to go in there and play. Well, it should be an exciting game. It will definitely be loud. That is something that I think uh, we can all attest to. And even more so, I think it's going to be one of those games in, you know, Death Valley history. Uh, it's just setting up for that already, Graham. I, I mean, the energy in Baton Rouge, it's, it's already off the charts. But uh, looking forward to it that, Saturday. Yeah. Looking forward to the matchup Saturday. If people want to follow any of your stuff this week, uh, what do you have coming out for this matchup? We'll be talking to Florida players tonight after practice. You can follow me on Twitter, like you said, at Graham Hall underscore. You can read my stuff on Gatorsports.com and in the Gainesville Sun if you happen to have one of those around you. And really, thanks. I appreciate you having me on to, to talk all things Gators and LSU. It should be a great game, and uh, it's why we love college football for games like this. No doubt. will be a good one. Thanks again, Graham. Thanks. Y'all take care out there. Once again, I want to thank Graham Hall for coming on. Make sure I'll give him a follow on Twitter, Graham Hall underscore. Uh, check out everything he's been putting out from that Florida side. Uh, but kind of agree with him. You know, he has LSU winning this game. I, I think they win this game as well. But would like to welcome Josh Lemoyne in. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How you doing, Josh? Doing good. Can't complain. Hey, man, the excitement level in Baton Rouge is, uh, I don't think it's been like this since maybe uh, old, that Ole Miss game in 2014, uh, maybe 2011. Uh, like, the, the electricity in the city is is on another level right now. Yeah, I mean, just it, that's kind of the feeling that I'm getting from everybody. You know, the, the Texas game was a lot of hype. But it was almost like it was hype, you know, that we, we we had to be hype, right? It was two two good teams, a lot of tradition, a lot of history. We're supposed to be hype. But this this just feels like SEC football. Yeah, man, a lot of a lot of hype surrounding this game. Well, Josh, looking at this game, you know, Graham brought up, up some things that I think are going to be key points. And that's the offensive line for both teams. Mm -hmm. Graham, we talked a lot about the Florida offensive line. You look at Florida, they they replaced a ton of starters. And, and, you know, Florida right now is 56 in in the country in terms of havoc allowed. Uh, While LSU is 13th in the country in terms of creating havoc, uh, it it seems that, you know, know, LSU's defensive line is going to be important for this game. But same with Florida's offensive line, you know, They've got talented running back. Like LSU, they're very talented in the backfield, but their offensive line hasn't been able to open up holes. Uh, Josh, do you think LSU's defensive line can get after uh, Kyle Trask in this game? Yeah, look, I I got an opportunity to break down uh, four of the Florida games. And, Charles, that's one thing that that stood out to me. I know we talked offline that we we did a deep dive into me, and I'm not sure your thoughts, but – it was obvious to me, especially against Auburn, who has a good front seven. When when they brought the blitz, you know, and they 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 brought some heat onto Kyle Trask. They got to him. They caused a couple turnovers. And if you watch the running game, Charles, like like you mentioned, it's it's like the guys are guys are in the right spots. The O line, like you know, you know what they're doing is just they can't create holes. There's not they're not getting any movement. It's it's like I said, very talented running backs, but. It's um, they're just not quite there yet. And uh, yes, I absolutely believe that LSU has a good opportunity here to uh, get some pressure on Trask and stop the run. I think, you know, it's, it's kind of all in front of LSU. 
Well, you saw Auburn have some success in terms of uh, getting turnovers on Florida. Mm-hmm. While Florida did create turnovers through interceptions, Auburn forced uh, Trask to fumble the ball three times. It seems right. that when Trask gets hit, a fumble happens. Uh, I, you know, and having a guy like Chase on, it, it seems that Michael Divinity is going to be back. It, it, this LSU defensive line may be at full strength for this game, Josh. Yeah, no, it's it's you know, we and we all kind of know that, right, Charles? We've been talking about it for weeks now that Coach O knew that he swung, he'd like to get everybody healthy for the Florida game. That was kind of you know the unwritten. He didn't come out and publicly say it, but we all knew that. So, a healthy defensive line for LSU, like you mentioned, the, the Florida offensive line is replacing numerous guys. You go back and watch the film, Charles. It's obvious that LSU will have opportunities you know, the hit trash to make turnovers. Um, so let's hope LSU can capitalize off some of those plays. Yeah, I do think it's going to be a huge matchup right now. Looking like maybe Logan may be the only guy out, but Logan did practice in pads. The injury news is good. Haven't heard any new things on Cardall Flott. Really don't expect him to play as well as Terrence Marshall didn't practice in pads. I know he's back to practice, but it was more side work. Uh, so maybe Marshall will be back for that Auburn game, but uh, look, he's way ahead of schedule right now. So good things coming out of the injury side of this matchup. Josh, let's flip it on the other side. Let's look at Florida's defense. Uh, talk to Graham about this. Florida is, you know, arguably the best defense in the SEC right now. Uh, I think LSU will face the two best defenses they'll face all year this month between Florida and Auburn. These defenses are both better than Alabama. And what Florida does is they get after the quarterback. They have 26 sacks. Mm-hmm. And right now I saw, I think this may come from PFF, um, that Florida has, where's the stat, 124 QB pressures on the season. That's over 20 QB pressures per game. Uh, that's crazy. And with LSU's <laughs> struggles on offensive line with consistency, you know, you're going to get Sadiq back this week, and Ed Ingram will be starting this game, I believe. Uh, I think you get, you know, some reprieve from that, but, Man, can can this LSU O-line hold up against Florida's D-line? Look, uh, I did a show today, Charles, ESPN there, Lafayette, and I got the same question. I think it's going to be a a two-way thing, Charles. I think LSU can hold up, but it's going to be a product of this new spread RPO attack, right? Um, It's LSU and Joe can get the ball out quick, make these quick decisions. Don't get into the same, you know, the same mode, that we we seen last year, right? Five step drop, the seven step drop. That's what Florida wants, man. These guys will pin their ears back and come. Like you said, their front seven, Charles. There's some NFL guys on the front seven. It's impressive to watch. I rewind it numerous times to watch these guys work off the edge. Uh, there's some NFL dudes there on that line. So they're gonna, you know, LSU's tackles are gonna have their work cut out for them. Uh, but yeah, I think it's it's bringing in that this spread RPO offense. You know, it should allow LSU not to have the same problems we did last year. They should be able to get the ball out of their hands, hit some of these quick slants with Chase and Jefferson. Um, LSU can absolutely move the ball and make plays on these guys. Uh, you know, you just got to go out there and run the offense we've been running all year. Yeah, I do think getting the ball out is going to be important in this mm-hmm. game. I, I think three seconds or less. I don't, you yep. know, four seconds, Joe's getting sacked. Um, Florida is incredible along the defensive front. And not only yeah. that, Grantham's going to bring pressure. Uh, Grantham's known for that, and he still does that. Um, and But here, here's the other stat, Josh. Burrow right now is the best quarterback in college football when it comes to being pressured. He's 70.7% completion rating under pressure with 496 yards, six touchdowns, and zero in- interceptions. 
So, you know, I asked this, this question to Graham, but if Grantham is, is, is he going to stick to his guns and blitz? Uh, or if, you know, if you're Florida, would mm-hmm. you want to maybe drop back in coverage more and rely on your front four to get that pressure? Look, I, I talk about this, Charles, that if you know Ty Grantham, and I've been watching him, you know, draw it up for, for many years, it's just in his blood to to send the house, you know, send the blitzes. That's that's what he's up, and he's been extremely successful doing it, you know. Uh, but it, I just, you can't, I don't think you're going to ask him to change what, what's made him, you know, a successful coach. He's going to bring the blitz, Charles. I've watched Todd coach many games. He's going to send it. And he's going to make Joe prove that he can make those throws at a 70% clip. Uh, you know, and at this point in the season, you know, he's proven that he can, even in a big game against Texas, you know. So uh, I don't think we see any change, Charles, from Todd. I think he's going to play his game. He's going to coach his game. And he's going to make Joe prove that he can make those tough, uh, tough passes. Well, an important thing to getting – uh, you know, being able to run this offense and being able to have success against a good pass rush is going to be the running game. Uh, what are the keys to having this running game excel against Florida? Look, we saw Clyde have some success, but, you know, last year Florida had 11 tackles for loss. You know, I, I think that this is going to be one of those games where these freshmen are going to have to show out. Yeah, I think the running game is going to be a product of two things, Charles. You're going to have to obviously run the football a little bit. I'm not saying you got to be averaging seven yards a clip or anything. Uh, you got to be able to establish some some type of run. But Charles, I think this is a game where we see where LSU can use, and we we get to see some of that that speed that Florida has, and those guys are going to attack. This is a game where I like to see some of them quick passes, some of them, uh, you know, slip screens, some of you know, them screen plays that we've been we've seen. But now this could be the game where you could really use them in a situation that you need. You know, I think it's going to be kind of tight early on. You know, you know, Florida's coming. You know, they're bringing the heat. You know, they're going to play fast. That's what they do. They got NFL guys. Um, I think the you know, the screen game right here, Charles. You've been calling for it for a while. I think this is the team that maybe uh, you know LSU can use that use that against yeah and you know the screen game helps against a pass rush and yeah. i think lsu's gotten really good at the screen game josh this is going to be one of those games where i think a guy like stefan sullivan i think a guy like um uh like moss you know they have big impacts in this game where you look for mismatches because florida's very talented on the outside in terms of cornerbacks but when you get a guy on the inside you know graham said the way to attack this florida defense is through the middle Mm-hmm. So if they're going to do that, I'm thinking maybe even Justin Jefferson out of the slot has a really big game against Florida. Look, it, I mean, it's it's funny. Yeah, so obviously uh, everybody's been doing their homework. When when you watch Florida's defense, they're talented on the front seven. And we know obviously on the outside they got some talented cornerbacks. They're probably both going to be playing in the league. Um, but where, where you see them get attacked, like you said, is the safeties across the middle. Uh, sometimes the linebackers, not, you know, not dropping back. And LSU, man, if you watch throughout the shit, and you notice, Charles, that they're, they've been very strong there in a slot across the middle. Like you said, it's a Sullivan, a Moss. I think it, you're absolutely correct that LSU is going to attack the middle of the field right here in this game. This is where they need to do it. You know, we know they're good on the front seven. They're good off the edges. They're good at cornerback. But if you notice, even against Auburn and other squad, sometimes the safeties are, you know, they can get beat. They can get beat across the middle. So, absolutely believe that LSU is going to – you're going to see a lot of action across the middle of the field in this game. Yeah, I think it's one of those games where you see some wrinkles. You know, LSU, besides yeah. the Texas game, you haven't really had to 
open up this playbook and dive deep into it. You know, LSU's had success. They showed last week they can run the ball. You know, they've shown they can throw the ball against six, against talented teams like Texas. You know, this is going to be one of those games where I think both come to fruition and even the screen game. I think you see three aspects of this offense come together as one in ways you haven't seen all season long. Josh, let's flip it over to the other side of the ball. Mm-hmm. We talked about this somewhat already with Florida's offensive line, but let's look at Florida as a whole and more so LSU's defense. LSU's defense had a really good game against Utah State, um, and they stopped it, a first-round quarterback uh, from projections. You know, it looks it looks like – you know, Utah State has a, a first-rounder on their team, and, and they mm-hmm. stopped them, right? But this LSU defense has had struggles all season long. Trask coming in with that sprained MCL won't be able to run the ball like he has all season long, so it's going to limit them in what they're able to do. Will LSU's defense have some success against this Florida de- uh, Florida offense? Look, when, uh, Charles, you know, I, when, I, when I look at this Florida offense, and as I'm watching, you're breaking down all this film, Charles, you know, and I'd like to get your opinion on this, is, I just didn't see, you know, I know we had the big run against Auburn late. It was, it was almost like an, almost like an LSU offense just in the mindset that not, that wasn't the guy that necessarily scared me too much. It was just kind of putting up 24 points. And it just, I think LSU's defense can absolutely handle these guys. Now we, we need to continue on with, we'd like we did against Utah state. We tackled a lot better. We played a much more complete game you know, um, against Utah State, we need to we need to make that two games in a row. Got to make these these open field tackles. Florida is going to make you tackle in, in space. The bubble screen. I don't know how many times I've seen it on film. They love to throw that bubble screen. They love to get their wide receivers out in space, and they're going to make LSU prove a Stingley, a, you know, a Fulton tackle my guy in space. Let's see if you can do it. And you know, and and at times we know Charles didn't pass. Florida, sometimes we couldn't. And Florida takes this bubble screen 70 yards for a touchdown or a swing pass out the backfield to a running back. So, uh, yes, we can have success, but we're going to have to tackle in, in, in the open field Saturday night. Well, Josh, here's my opinion on it. Florida yep. scored 24 against an Auburn defense that, in some aspects, their front seven to me is better than Florida's. It is very good. You know, I, I think Auburn and Florida neck and neck in terms of defense. So them putting up 24 it impressed me. You know, mm-hmm. I know they were at home, so they have an advantage there. Look, I think Death Valley is going to be absolutely insane Saturday night. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be one of the wildest it's ever been. And, and, you know, you take that into account, but Florida's had some success. I, I think, it, you know, and I'm going to get into this next, but I, I think that, you know, Florida is going to be able to move the ball against LSU. I think they will. They have playmakers, you know. When yep. you look at the outside, they've, they have – uh, advantages and, and you think about this you know last game they tried Cardell Flott and everything out uh are guys like Jay Ward gonna have to step up I mean some of these freshman cornerbacks may get exposed in this game yeah look if I, watching the film a guy like Freddie Swain for Florida in the slot is dangerous okay so if you move a Fulton there on him or even, you know, if you can get a slot that's, of Stingley. Yeah, yeah. He's probably going to have Kerry Vincent on him. And, well, and that's – see, that's that's what I'm, I'm thinking here. I'm thinking, okay, are you going to put a Vincent on a Freddie Swain like that? I, you know, I'd almost – I don't know the game plan, obviously, what Aranda's going with. But, man, he's a talented guy. And I'd almost like to see you slide a Fulton on him in the slot because, he, you know, he can kill you. You know, once he catches it, um, you know, he's got full four speed. So – it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a chess match. It's going to be uh, it's it's going to be fun to, fun to watch. 
Yeah, I think O. Well, you know, O obviously said Derek Stingley sticking on the outside, but mm-hmm. he said earlier, you know, they said, "Well, what are you going to do on the outside?" And he said, "Well, Fulton's going to be starting on the outside." So I think mm-hmm. that means Terry Vincent moves back. Maybe yeah. you put a freshman there, but maybe that means that you're going to have to put a corner, a safety, and bracket a guy like Swain. Yeah, that's that. I mean, obviously, it's highly possible. You've seen that Auburn, they, you know, they were covered. They were trying to cover Swain with a linebacker, and they continuously got beat on. So let's hope LSU watched the same film I did, and they're going to definitely have to, you know, they can't use a linebacker on Freddie Swain, or you're going to get beat just like Auburn did. Just, just quick thoughts on this. Look, Chase Hall's been talking a lot of smack. He talked a mm-hmm. lot of smack for Texas, and he, and he showed out in that game. Yet, look, his stat line wasn't the best, but if you look at the tape, he had a really good game. What chase on are we going to get for this game? You know, man, it's crazy that you bring this up because I had this conversation with numerous people today that was saying, hey, I don't mind him talking, but, man, he needs to really, can, you know, gotta keep backing it up. Uh, we, To me, we have to see, uh, you know, like a, a chase on we've seen against Texas, we got to see him bring it. Um, he, he just has to bring it. He definitely likes to run his mouth as far as, you know, getting the guys pumped up and, and just talking smack. And I love that. Don't get me wrong. I think it's needed in this day and age. Uh, but, you know, he, he needs to produce. He's he's the big five-star edged rusher, pass rusher that's going to get – he needs to get pressure on, on the quarterback. So, look, it would, be, it would be great, Charles, if we didn't have to send the blitz and send six and seven guys, you know, on these exotic blitzes. If we can get some pass rush with four guys up front – you know, that would really help out the secondary, especially against a team like Florida, like you said, who has playmakers, has a Hammond on the outside, a Freddie Swain. You know, these guys can make plays. So it'd be nice if we didn't have to blitz the house to get to them. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have an advantage with the the crowd noise in terms mm-hmm. of count. You know, Florida will not be able to take advantage of a silent snap. You know, they're, they're going to be at a disadvantage when it comes to coming off the ball. Uh, LSU is going to 100% have an advantage on their pass rush. The pass rush for this game needs to show up. And, you know, once you do that, I think instead of having the fumbles by Trask, which I, I do think that you could have in this game, you might see him throw a pick or two uh, because you can be throwing into more guys in terms of coverage than what Auburn was able to put back there because Auburn didn't have the sound advantage. You know, it's going to be an advantage LSU is going to have to take advantage of in this game, and they will. I, I wholeheartedly believe that, which leads to this. You know, look, Auburn, with all their turnovers against Florida – I thought that gave Florida a shorter field. It stopped momentum, and it gave, led to offensive scores for Florida. I think that special teams, too, and field position, it's going to make a difference, Josh. And it seems like every single year, special teams end up becoming a big factor for who wins this game. Yeah, I mean, we all know it. We, we know how many times in this, in this rivalry, right, Charles? It, it goes down to the last kick. The last field goal, the last, field goal, the last play uh, at the one yard uh, line. I mean, uh, a fake yeah. special teams play. I mean, right. you've had the fake field goals. You've had yep. two. You've had the fake punt with Brad Wing. You've had a lot of things on fourth down happen in the series. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, look, man, you know, look, just being honest, do I think it's gonna it's gonna get to that in this game? I don't. Um, you know, we talk about what we think is gonna happen at the end here soon, but um, I maybe early on, Charles, but I'm. I just don't – I don't think necessarily late in the game LSU is going to have to rely on a field goal. That's just because, you know, that's looking at and what I think is going to happen. But I could be dead wrong on that. We all know this rivalry. This could be a, you know, a 27-26 game with 30 seconds left. So, um, you know, Cade York, I know he missed one last week, so let's hope he, he gets back on track um, this week. But, you know, being able to kick the ball at the end zone on a kickoff, and these big games like this, Charles, as you know – 
not giving them the opportunity to make a big momentum swing and play on a kickoff or something. That's huge. I'm so glad that we have a guy now that can kick it through the end zone. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's big. I, I think punting is going to be big in this game in terms of dictating field position. Mm-hmm. I think both defenses are going to be able to stop these offenses in certain points of this game. So punting and punt returns can be huge, which is why I'm glad we have a guy like Derek Stingley back there. But Florida really prides themselves on special teams. So I don't think that there's an advantage anywhere when you come to special teams between these two teams. I think they're neck and neck. Uh, th- that's where I, I think that this game's interesting because while LSU's offense is surging right now, uh, Florida's defense is surging. And you look on the other side of the ball for both teams, and that's where more of the struggles have come. And, you know, you think about it, and that's why this game could be closer than what the point spread is right now. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it absolutely can. That's – you know, Vegas has it, what, like 13 and a half, 14 right now. And I just – if Florida's defense can take it up a notch, which I know they can because you look at their front seven and probably five of them will be playing on Sunday, maybe six of them will be playing on Sunday, that they absolutely can. Let's just hope – this is where I want to see that growth, Charles, that we've talked about so much. Let's see if, if we learned from the past. And now Coach O has been here a couple years. Now we're running a spread, a more quick attack. Let's see some growth this year. Florida should not be getting five sacks and whatever the numbers were last year. I seen them earlier today, 15 pressures, and they should not have that, you know, on Saturday night, especially at, at a home game for us. You know, we should be able to do enough to keep some of that pass rush off us. Yeah, I, you look, I, I think this game is going to be one of for the ages. I think b- between the environment, the way LSU is playing right now, I, Josh, I, I, if you could come with an intangible for this game, what would it be? Man, I don't know, Charles. What's yours? Which, which, which intangible you, you you picking? I I think the crowd noise is going to be. Yep, that's what I was thinking. Yep, factor, but I think it's going to come down to uh, you know, it, it's going to be a chess match between Steve Steve Insminger and, and Todd Grantham. But you know who comes out on top? I think Joe Brady and, and his success so far is going to be the difference in this game. Look, Grantham has had success against LSU, but he's had success against the old LSU. The old, you know, toss dive. The old, man, look, we're on the goal line. Let's let's run a play action right here and hit the tight end. That's not going to happen against this. You know, LSU's on the two-yard line. They're going to run five wide. And, and you don't know where the ball's going to go. Shit, Joe, Joe Burrow may just keep it and go, you know? Right. <laughs> There's multiple things that could happen with this. But, look, there are so many things you look at it and you say, man, oh, I think I see an advantage for Florida or I think I see an advantage for LSU. And it's like, yeah, but this. And it's like mm-hmm. every single time you look at an advantage of this game, it's like, but, but. And, and and that's what I've done in film study is say, man, look, LSU can take advantage here. And then I look and like, oh, I'm not sure if they can do that. Right. You know, it's going to be a chess match on both sides of the ball. Look, one one thing that stood out to me, Charles, and, you know, I'm not sure if you picked this up in your film study, but um, we, we talk about the crowd noise and intangibles. I think, is, you know, we always talk about the crowd, crowd noise in Death Valley, but I, I truly and honestly believe that on Saturday night, having the crowd noise go to, like you said, an insane level, this is going to be one for the ages. If you watch Kyle Trash, that he is, he's a talented quarterback. He can make some nice throws, but on some of these blitzes, Charles, you see he's, he hasn't played enough yet where he doesn't feel the pressure. He doesn't sense you know, the pressure coming off the edges and stuff yet. And that just comes in playing time. Um, and he's a talented young man, but it, you've seen it on some of these blitzes on his open side, not even blind side. 
I mean, he got, I mean, smoked. He didn't even see it coming. I noticed that sometimes with the pull, with the play calling with him, I think LSU with the crowd noise make it extremely hard for a quarterback that really just doesn't have a lot of time yet in the biggest game of his life in that, uh, you know in Death Valley. He can say what he wants, Charles, about you know Florida's loud. Or He's never played at LSU on an SEC game like this on Saturday night, and I think the crowd noise will truly affect him in this game. And it's going to start early. I mean, it's great weather. Yep. The high that day, I think, is 70-something, 78, 75, whatever. Kickoff temperature is going to be 68. Uh, look, the weather's going to be great. Game day's there. People are going to be there early. Look, if you're going to the game and you aren't parked by 10 a.m., good luck parking. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be packed. And, look, you know, you can compare this to an Alabama game. I think it's going to be over Alabama because, look, I told Graham this, Josh, uh, right now Florida is the bigger rival to LSU than Alabama. And it goes across all sports. There's bad blood between the players. There's bad blood yeah. between the fans. And you've seen it in your mentions. I've seen it in mine. It's oh, been going on yeah. all week. And, yeah. and, you know, it's it's Tuesday as we're recording <laughs> this. And, and, you know, we're so far away from the game. I can't wait. And not only for the game, but to, co- to stop seeing all these Florida people DM me and, and trying to talk trash. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it usually happened, you know. But, yeah. Look, Josh, I, I think that the crowd's going to be on another level for this game. And, you know, I saw the video going around of when Ole Miss was ranked number three and they came in. And that game, I was there, it was loud. You know, it was one of the loudest games I've ever been. The Alabama game last year was one of the loudest games I've ever been to. 2012 Alabama, one of the loudest games I've ever been to. I think this is going to be right up there. I think it's going to be loud. And guess what, Josh? They serve beer in the general public now. Oh, and boy, I forget about that. Yep. <laughs> going around. People are going to get more drunk. Uh, <laughs> this game is going to be fun, and it's going to be really loud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really loud. And, and yeah. you know, you, you said Trask saying he played at Florida. Look, the swamp hasn't been the swamp in, in years. I know it's starting to come back, right? But like Texas, it's not back, you know? It's not there yet. You know, when LSU, you talk about Death Valley, yeah, Utah State, no, that's not Death Valley. Every game they played this year, it's not Death Valley. It's these top 10 matchups when a team comes in riding on a high for a night game that you see the best venue in college state in college football. And really, honestly, one of the best venues in all of sports come to life. Yeah, it's well put, Charles. I mean, you nailed it. Well put that. Yeah, that's what it is. It's, you know, it's it's. It's a show, right? It's a football game, but everything surrounding it is just, you know, it's 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 great, you know, the culture and everything that goes with it. And you know, I got asked today, Charles, why, you know, why does this game feel like it's it's bigger than you know a Bama game? Why is this game? I said, you know, my answer was because it is at this point of this, you know, era of Coach O. I said this game is so large in a sense that if he can win this and already had beat Texas it kind of truly solidifies the coach O era is here and it's here to stay, you know, and then it's true. You see him with recruiting this right now is a, the most important game in coach O's, you know, his tenure here, because if he can win this game against a really good Florida program, you know, obviously we start prepping for Auburn and Alabama, but this is one of them big ones that oh, you can look back and say, that's really when the, you know, the program put their foot in the ground, and we're here to stay. So it's it's a very, very large game in a sense of Coach O's tenure. Well, think about it. Right now, Coach O is 1-2 and two against Florida. Right. Including his interim, right. you know, which was the first year that they played here at that early kickoff game, and it wasn't packed. Then they lost on the goal line. And I think that this game it, it is more of a thorn in O's side right now than the Alabama game because 
you look at last year, it was a dramatic game, right? It, you know, mm-hmm. Florida won in dramatic fashion. And, and so, you know, I, I look at that game last year, and it's like, oh, man, this is a replay of Auburn. You know, we're going to score at the end. <laughs> you know, this is Auburn all over again. It was like, uh, but it didn't happen. And so I think that there's bad blood on LSU's side. There's obviously a chip on their shoulder. Uh, you know, Cushenberry posted in all the offensive linemen's lockers that last year there was 11 tackles for loss, five sacks, and eight QB pressures. Yeah. I think that if this is a game the offensive line comes together, it's this one. I really want to see the ball ran on the left side of the, uh, left side of the line a lot because I want to see Ed Ingram, you know, run over some guys. That, that's how you get Ingram, Ed Ingram going is, is running the ball behind him. And I think that helps Sadiq out as well, having Ingram next to him. I, I think you're going to see the offensive line continuously improve throughout the season, but this is going to be one of those games where they have to take a big step. Or else you could lose this one, Josh. But uh, looking at this game, who do you see winning? Look, you know, when I break it down, and look, I'm going to say what I said today when I was uh, doing ESPN Radio today, that I – I initially went into my research, Charles, thinking, you know, 30 to 27, you know, a, a, like we kind of talked, a field goal game. After I broke it all down, and you might call me crazy, you know, whatever, but I got LSU 38, Florida, Florida 17 is, is, how, is how I'm calling it. Yeah, if that happens, Josh, I'm going to be elated. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think LSU has success. I think, you know, this offense is – it's a new age offense. Um, I think that they're going to have success against Florida. I don't think that they're going to score 40 points. You know, I I see them more low thirties. It's going to be LSU's defense. That's going to have to come up to the plate and and win this game for LSU at the end of it. I don't think it's going to be a close game, but I don't think LSU covers at the end of the day with that 14 point spread, 13 and a half. um, I I think that Florida makes it a closer game, more of a 10 point game, but Josh, something I, I, I do want to get to, and, and to go over all our picks, all, all mm-hmm. three of us, including Graham, have uh, LSU winning this game. I, and, I, you know, all three of us made the point that Death Valley is going to be one of the difference makers, um, especially this being Kyle Trask's first true road game. It, it's going to be uh, an eye-opening experience for him. Yep. Josh, something I want to talk to you about before we get off is, look, this recruiting list for this game oh. is off the charts. Uh just some of the guys coming in that you've heard of and, and what can this weekend do for recruiting? Yeah. The, the list is it's the who's who of, you know, of recruiting. I could it'd take me 20 minutes Charles, to go down the list, you know, Evans, the running back, the number one running back, Doomerville, you know, the tackle that we're going after and we can go on and on Jacoby and Guillory that it's the who's who, you know, if you, if you keep up with recruiting, if, if it's an individual that you've seen on the list or, you know, that, you know, LSU's looking at, more than likely he's going to be here. And there's been a lot of ads, Charles. Man, Charles, you know, that this is really a, a great time to be an LSU fan because the, in the recruiting realm that, you know, that we, we always there every day looking at, it's you can feel in recruiting, you can feel when your program is is on the rise because it, kids get excited and they want to be a part of it. They come from all over the country and you're seeing that with this game. Guys that were scheduled to go other places and guys that really didn't have plans. They all people starting to pop out of nowhere. I mean, they think there was 20 names or so added big time names added for this game. Um, so as far as the recruiting front. We mentioned how important this is for Coach O's tenure in the program. You notice, Charles, if you keep up recruiting, that this would be a monster, monster victory for LSU in recruiting. That environment with a win over Florida, having some of the best recruits in, in the nation there. Charles, come on. I mean, this, this is 
this is a big would be a big big win for LSU on, on the recruiting front. Yeah, and throughout all sports, basketball is going to have recruits there. Yep. Baseball will probably have some guys there. I think that this can be one of those games where all of athletics can benefit from. And if LSU comes away with the victory, football is going to see a huge benefit from it uh, in those future classes, that 2021 class, 2022. They're going to have a lot of big names from those two classes at this game, considering that 2020 class is pretty much full. And, and you know, I, Josh and I have talked offline that 2020 class is pretty much set, um, which we'll get into later as the season goes on and we have a recruiting pod. But um, I, I think that this game on, on all aspects, from the fan aspect, from the player aspect, from the recruiting aspect, mm-hmm. uh, is why you come to LSU. Yeah. You know, we talk about recruiting and, you know, some people love it. It's diehard. But recruiting's kind of changed, Charles, and we could talk about that on the other recruiting aspect. But like you said, the 2020 class is pretty much set. I think we have a little bit of attrition, maybe three or four names be shifting here or there. But because of the early signing period, kids now have learned I need to lock my spots up. So it's not as exciting as the recruiting used to be and as fluid. Uh, so, you know, but it, obviously we can cover that on a, a separate pod. But look, LSU's looking to still land four or five, you know, names. Like I had mentioned, there was a couple four and five stars that weren't even thinking about LSU but this offense and the way Coach O's got it going, there's some names now that are starting to surface um, that, you know, weren't even on LSU's radar, in, uh, you know, six months ago. So, that, it, like, like we say, this would be a huge win. Um, it's really big for recruiting. Yeah, some big-time quarterback prospects will be there. Some guys for this 2020 class on the line will be there, which will be big to get as LSU's focusing a lot on that line as they wrap up the class. But y'all make sure y'all follow Graham Hall at Graham Hall underscore. Make sure y'all follow Josh Lemoyne on Twitter at LSUFBallTruth.com, uh, LSUFBallTruth. Check out his website at LSUFBallTruth.com. Josh, you got anything good coming out this week? Yeah, so look, man, just keep an eye out. I've been putting out a lot of the content, uh, Charles, as far as, you know, the matchup with, with LSU and, uh, you know, every, everything that's, com- you know, comprised of where the rankings and all that are. Um, I'm, I'll shoot out a list tomorrow, Charles. I'll try to get there's so many names I'm gonna put out today, but I'm gonna shoot out a list, Charles, on a website tomorrow of all the names that that I grabbed and rounded up, and uh, that's gonna be here for recruiting. So um, just keep an eye out for that, and I'll go ahead and I'll post that up on on Twitter as well, where you can go uh, you can go see that list. Well, y'all make sure y'all check out Josh's stuff. Get on that list like it's free content. You don't have to pay for this recruiting. Right. This. That's Josh puts it out. You don't have to pray for prime time. Just just subscribe. Yep. Help you ask and follow us on. Give us a follow on Twitter. But for Josh Samoin and for Graham Hall, my name is Charles Reese, your host. Enjoy football this weekend. Make sure you check back this week as we will have a special guest uh, joining us on Thursday. We'll put that pot out Friday. Uh, but it is an exciting weekend of football. Great weather. Uh, top ten matchup game days here. Josh, I am beyond excited. But. Like I said, for Graham Hall and Josh Lemoyne, my name is Charles Reese, your host. Y'all have a great week, and as always, God bless.